Welcome. Um, you're at the Waves of Jesus workshop. <laughs> Here you are. <laughs> my name is uh, my name's Cameron Peck. So I I'm a I'm an intern with Christian Challenge at Kansas State University. So um, I grew up in Kansas City, uh, kind of like Nate's story of kind of like the farm boy type lifestyle. That was that was not me at all. <laughs> I grew up uh, 10, 15 minutes from downtown Kansas City. So I lived in the city, lived in the suburbs. Um, lots of people around, not quite as many as LA or San Diego or anything like that. But um, so that that's me. That was that was my upbringing. We uh, I went to K State. I spent all four years at K State. I studied elementary education in Spanish, and so um, that was my degree. That's what I did during my four years there. I graduated this past May. Um, so there's an internship with Challenge at Kansas State University. So this is my second year. You do your first year as a senior. And you do like part-time and then uh, after you graduate, you do a full year of full-time. So my wife and I live in Manhattan now and um, are planning on doing ministry full-time. So we, we're at Kansas State now, but we are part of a team that's going to be moving to Pittsburgh, Kansas. So we say Pittsburgh a lot and, and people think Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Not, not at all. <laughs> Much smaller, um, small town in Kansas. They have a university called Pitt State University and, and they've had a challenge there for a while, but... Um, kind of had this staff ended up stepping away and so we're there to kind of relaunch the student ministry so we'll be moving there next summer um so that yeah that's a little bit about me um challenge has been a huge part of my life at k-state um challenge is really big and just has an awesome staff team who who meets students where they are and um had a huge impact in, in me and my walk with God. So that's a little my background. We're going to be talking about the ways of Jesus. We're going to talk about what it means. If you've heard um, spiritual disciplines or spiritual formation, that's kind of going to be what we're um, hitting on and talking about today. So if you look on your handout, the first verse that you'll see kind of right under the title is 1 Thessalonians 4 3. Um, on your guys' handouts, Thessalonians is spelled wrong. <laughs> My apologies. I changed it, but I think Aaron printed it <laughs> before I made that correction. So 1 Thessalonians 4.3, it says, For this is God's will, your sanctification. So looking at that last word, sanctification, uh, looking at that, what that word means, what's it mean to be sanctified? Sanctification is the process of being set apart or being made holy. So I, I love this verse just because I think like a lot when people are thinking about God, what does God want for my life? What is his will for my life? And this gives us our answer, um, your sanctification. So, so kind of like when we're thinking about it in that way, looking at Jesus, seeking to become more like him, being set apart, God desires to use our lives. Um, so we're, we're going to kind of be... That's just an intro to kind of what we're going to be looking at today in this workshop. So first thing that we're going to do throughout this workshop, I'm going to be asking questions. And so j just little questions that are going to be conversations, things for you to be thinking about. But uh, throughout, you're going to have a partner. So I'd love if you are in groups of two, just so we could have one partner. We don't have tons of time for discussion. So some of our responses will just be like 30 seconds a person, that kind of thing. So. You're gonna get in groups of two, whether it's with someone that you know that you came with, great. If you don't know someone, make a friend. So we're gonna go ahead and do that two or three. Um, you're, you're good to have a, a group of three. So what I want you to do 
is I want you to first introduce yourself. What is your uh, name? What's your year? What's your major? And then why did you decide to come to this workshop? And then whoever you partner with, just move, sit next to them, make sure that you're near them uh, throughout the workshop. So go ahead, take two minutes and do that now. All right, let's go ahead, bring it in. Um, so first I kind of want to start. Um, so I, I grew up kind of around the church. My parents, uh, whenever I was being raised, were kind of figuring out what does it look like to be a part of a church or have a relationship with Jesus. And so I was kind of around it um, growing up. And when, when I was in high school, I remember having a conversation with a good friend of mine who um, about the existence of God is what we were talking about. And so he, he came to me and he said, man, I feel like God just has a bunch of rules for us to follow. Like that, that's all that he really does. Like if you follow him, you just have to follow all of these rules. And so he was like, why would I want to follow a God that just gives me a bunch of rules is basically what he asked me. And, and at that time, um, wasn't, wasn't really into my faith. I, I believed in God, but didn't have a lot of backing for it. And it, it really, it really had me thinking, kind of had, had me sitting that. And so, and so I bring that up. I bring that question up. Um, you know, like, why would I follow a God that just has a bunch of rules? Cause I think that idea comes up a lot when we talk about this, when we talk about following the ways of Jesus or spiritual disciplines. Um, and so, so I wanted to address that first and foremost on your handout, um, under that first section of verse, um, I think it's, it's known by God, known by Jesus, something like that. Um, you'll see James four, eight is the first verse there. So James four, eight says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So just kind of, just kind of starting with this idea of, um, you know, it's, it's my first time being in LA. It's my first time seeing mountains that go into the ocean, just like blowing my mind or <laughs> just seeing the ocean in the beautiful, beautiful way along the beach. And I've seen ocean other places, but it's just so spectacular um, looking from LA. And then coming up to the mountains, our drive here, just mind blowing. We get, we go to Colorado quite a bit, see the Rocky mountains, which are stunning, but this is just a different type of beauty. And so I, I would think of this verse, like draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So our God, the creator of the mountains and of the beaches and the ocean, and this beautiful place that we're in, creator of the earth that we live in, creator of the universe, desires to draw near to us, to each of us individually. And so just, just that that's the heart of our God. His heart is to know us. So that next verse, Isaiah 43, 1 through 4. So this is, Isaiah is a prophet talking to the Israelites, God's chosen people. And so, so this uh, was being spoken to those chosen people through Jacob. He chose Jacob, made a covenant with him. Um, and so he's, he's addressing his people, the people of God. And through Jesus, we've been invited into that. So here he's talking to Israel, but we can apply that to us. We are chosen people of God through Jesus all of us have an opportunity to have a relationship with him. So Isaiah 43, 1 through 4, it says, Now this is what the Lord says, The one who created you, Jacob, the one who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and the rivers will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched. And the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord your God, 
the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. I have given Egypt as a ransom for you, Cush and Seba in your place, because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. I will give people to in exchange for you and nations instead of your life. Hold on to those papers. <laughs> the wind is coming. So, so I love, I love these verses, how God is talking about us, how he views us. In the beginning there, um, he's redeemed us. He calls us by name. When he talks about us, he says, you are mine. And in that last part, you are precious in my sight, honored, and I love you. So when we talk about the ways of Jesus, we're talking about a God that desires to know us. And so, and so kind of in that first verse, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Like any relationship in our life, whether it's friendship, someone in your family, a romantic relationship, no matter what it is, it's got to be both ways. We are called to draw near to him. So kind of that answer to all these rules, like the desire for these rules, for these commands are so that we can know the God who loves us. So just wanted to start off with that. So a little bit about me um, and my story. Kind of mentioned I grew up around the church um, in high school. Had an awesome youth pastor who really poured into me um, and, and who, who would meet with me and show me more of who God was. Um, my senior year was, was kind of a rough year in high school for me. I um, just had a moment of not not feeling God. I didn't feel like he was close to me. I didn't feel seen by him. Um, and so my response was to turn my back on him. I, I sought out a relationship with a girl who, who wanted nothing to do with God. And, and that relationship led me into sexual brokenness. I just kind of had this thought, man, as long as we don't have sex, like it's okay. Um, and, then, and then through that summer, I just kind of lived for myself. I kind of withdrew from my family, from close friends of mine, from my church, my youth group, that youth pastor that poured into me. Um, going into my freshman year of college, I stepped into it and, and felt pretty overwhelmed with college and figuring out what's it look like to do life by myself. Like, what, what does this mean for me? And so um, I ended up breaking up with that girlfriend. She went to a different school, different university. Um, and, I, and I was around people who were in the party scene who, who enjoyed drinking and, and smoking weed and things in that variety. So I just kind of dove in headfirst into that scene. I went to parties. I, I started drinking. I was just kind of living, seeking after girls. I got involved in school. I did um, our student government association. I got involved in a couple different clubs, some things like that. Um, not really with the heart of meeting people or getting involved, but with the, with the heart to lift myself up. The heart to, man, I want to be known. I want to do well. I want people to see me. Um, so Christian Challenge, I, I had a, there was a Bible study in my dorm that met through Christian Challenge, and um, I had I had some friends of mine who, who were inviting me, and so, so I ended up going. It's kind of bottom of my priority list, is kind of check the box. I could tell my parents I'm in college ministry and, <laughs> and be good, and um, so kind of, kind of throughout that, there was, I had a moment at the end of my first semester freshman year I've been drinking and I've been partying that day and just just came home and, and felt overcome with the decisions I've been making. I just went to God and I, I was like, man, what what am I doing with my life? Where where's my life going? Like I'm sitting here and I feel alone. I feel depressed. I feel anxious, I feel nothing. I feel broken. And, and so just 
just a realization of where, where my life was heading. And so, so from there, I was able to, to confess what, it, what I'd been doing to, to a mentor of mine who was meeting with me, reading the Bible with me. Um, God totally provided community through challenge. People who, who loved me and heard uh, my brokenness and desired for me to draw near to God. So this, this workshop is deeply personal to me. Kind of, kind of talking about why do we need to put disciplines in our lives? Why do the ways of Jesus need to be a part of our lives? And it's because those moments, that moment, my senior year, when I didn't feel God, I didn't know how to pursue a relationship with Him. I didn't know how to have a relationship with God. And so, these disciplines are so important for me, reminding me uh, to put Jesus at the center of my life, reminding me of the gospel. Um, so, that, so that's just a little bit of, of my heart coming into this. John 10, 10, the next verse that you see listed there. A thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come so that they may have life and have it in abundance. So kind of in that season of my life, the thief, the enemy, desires to destroy us, to destroy our life. And then it comes, you may have life and have it in abundance through Jesus. So that's just kind of, Kind of where I wanted to start off. Next question for you and your partner. When is the time that you felt that God was far from you? When's the time you felt God was far? Um, we'll go ahead, take two minutes. Go ahead and share. So uh, so one, once I, I'd gone to my mentor, once I had people around me, you know, it was, it was now figuring out how do, I, how do I center my life on Jesus? You know, like what, what does this look like? And, and very much in a state of, of figuring it out and, and I had moments of, of trying to do it on my own. Like, man, I want my life to be centered on this. So I'm, I'm going to do the right things. Um, and, you know, when I, when I was thinking about myself, when I was thinking about my performance, it left me feeling ashamed when I messed up. It left me, um, you know, asking myself, like, man, why can't I just do better? I desire to do better, but why can't I? And so, you know, just missing that piece of, of Jesus. Man, <laughs> you know, missing that piece of Jesus, like relying on Jesus. So, um, one of my favorite authors, his name is John Mark Comer. He he's most known for writing books. He he was also a pastor of a, of a church in Portland, Oregon. And so, uh, one thing that his church, like the saying that they were kind of founded on, um, was be with Jesus, be like Jesus, and do what he did. And so. I'm gonna steal that from John Mark Kilmer. <laughs> um, I, I love that. I've got it. I've got it written on um, my wall in my bedroom. Be with Jesus. Be like Jesus. Do what He did. Um, you know, just just thinking about Jesus as my Savior who came and died for me. I want Him to be the center of my life. What my life is based upon. So um, formation. Want to want to talk a little bit about formation in our lives. So whether or not um, you're following Jesus, we're all being shaped and being formed by something. The decisions we make, how we spend our time, the people who are around, what we choose to listen to, what we choose to watch, um, all of this and more is shaping us into something. Who is it that we're training ourselves to be and what are we choosing to put at the center of our lives? We're all in the process of becoming something. So what are you becoming? 
So kind of kind of outside of don't don't really think about this question in like a negative way in your life. Just just an, an honest answer. Um, what do you prioritize and give your time to? Like what's something that you really enjoy that you really love and are passionate about? What's something you prioritize and give time to? Go ahead. Take a, just about a minute and share with your partner. So, you know, the, these things that you guys were talking about, um, you know, like not all of them, most of them aren't bad, right? The things that we're passionate about, the things that we prioritize, um, you know, a great show on Netflix, not a, not a bad thing to watch it or enjoy it. Or if you prioritize time with your friends, it's great being with your friends. Um, all these things are good. Your passions, these things you talked about are good. They can be good. But put at the center of our lives are going to make a terrible God. Netflix is going to make a terrible God. Even your best friend, the person who you love and trust the most, they're going to make a terrible God. We're humans. We let each other down. Um, not meant to be fully relied on. Um so, th- so there's there's many things that we desire to put at the center of our lives. The world around us, the culture that we live in, is telling us what we should put at the center of our lives. Just to list some of them, we could list things for a long time, but just some, our cell phones, social media, our image, how we're perceived by our peers, by our friends around us, by our parents, our family, um, how we're viewed on social media, our job. What job we get, the success that we have in our job, climbing up, how far we get, having the job of our dreams, our grades, how well we do in school, putting that at the center of who I am, what I rely on, how much money we have, how much money we make, our entertainment, Netflix, YouTube, video games, um, putting food, putting sex, the party scene, the list goes on. There are so many things that we see people around us, that we see in our own lives, that we try to put at the center. So many of these I've tried to put at the center of my own life. And what is at the end of all of it? Nothing. When I put these at the center of my life, I end empty, broken, and lonely. Nothing to be found. So I was, I was kind of doing some research on it. There were two studies I found. The Booker and the Twins Campbell studies have both shown that among adolescents, as the number of hours of internet... So phones, social media, texting, gaming, whatever it may be, increase our hours of sleep, in-person social interaction, and general happiness rapidly decrease. The more we're on the internet, the farther we go down in those three areas. A bummer. A bummer when I read that. You know, I love my sleep. I love my friends. I love happiness. (laughs) Um, But we see this constantly, right? We can look at the world around us, how consumed we are with the internet, with our phones, in our pockets at all times. The danger of the cell phone and the internet is doing things to our generation. Our generation is consumed by this, so we can see it all around us, see it in our own lives. So, So what's our response to this message? What's the response of what we see in the culture around us. We desire to stop, right? And so so we think, man, how do we how do we just stop? How do we just end it? You know, I, I know this now. I know that this is bad with me, so I'm just gonna throw away my phone. Yeah. <laughs> right? We we can't do that. Um knowledge, knowing something, knowing about something is not the same as applying it. It's not the same as moving towards 
uh, moving moving away from that. So for example, I know that salad is really good for me. I know that sleeping eight hours a night is what I should be doing every night. I know that exercise, going on a run, going to the gym five days a week at least, is awesome. So you know, why, why did I have pizza for lunch today? And a sugar cookie. Why did, I, why did I have five hours of sleep last night from staying up talking with some friends? Um, why didn't I wake up and go on a mountain run? You know, we're in a beautiful place. Why did I not get up early and go for a run? Uh, you know, there's a difference between what we know and actually applying it and moving towards it in our life. So, next question I want you to talk about with your partner. What's a goal or something that you've tried to implement that was hard to achieve? So some examples, it could be exercise, training for a marathon, for a race, a diet that you tried, academic achievements, a dream job, a spot on the high school team, trying out for a play, anything along these lines, something that you were shooting for something you're aiming for, trying to achieve. What was it? Think of one. And then what did it take to get there? It, it may, maybe you didn't get it. Maybe you didn't achieve it, but you were going for it. What did it take to get there? Go ahead and take a minute to share. So so I'm not sure what you shared, not sure what you, you went for and were achieving, but I'm guessing it took steps. I'm guessing it took work, probably some hard work, um, some things that maybe you failed at. Um, so, so I think of I think of like a marathon. If, if I said today, tomorrow I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna run a marathon, yeah, I could not do it. <laughs> I, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, but I could not do it. I'd be I'd be passed out mile like five or something like that. <laughs> but I could not wake up tomorrow and run a marathon. Right? It would take weeks months if i wanted to run it well get a good time years of my life to train and get there following a strict eating a strict diet a strict plan of training how i'm going to work out and prepare for it this is the same with our relationship with god it takes time it takes training uh talking about our sanctification in that first verse god's will for our lives sanctification takes a lifetime right this isn't it's not going to be overnight pursuing this relationship with God it's going to take a lifetime um, so it's important that we implement these practices in our lives you know we're going to have our ups and downs centering ourselves on the gospel and on Jesus be with Jesus be like Jesus and do what he did so if, if you brought your Bibles or you have your phone or something like that you can follow along here we're going to read um, John 15, so open up to John 15, we're going to do verses 1 through 5. I'm going to start reading John 15, verses 1 through 5. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. 
So go ahead, look over that verse with your partner. Talk about what do you think this means? What is it saying? Um, go ahead, take a minute or two and talk about that. This morning I was kind of, I, I came here um, to pray and um, was kind of was kind of sitting in this verse, kind of meditating on it, what it says. And, and uh, something that's beautiful about this place is like, I think we can look around and kind of see where how how this this uh, imagery kind of plays out in reality. We look around, we see we see the beautiful trees and the ones with the branches connected to them. And then you look around on the ground and you see the ones that are dead, that are lifeless, that have that have nothing in them. And, and so you know, just just thinking about um, this verse of Jesus being the vine, Jesus being the trunk. And if we aren't connected to Him, if we aren't centered centered on Him giving him our lives, relying on him, there's nothing, no life to be found, um, but death in the branches that are separated from them. An image of abiding, accepting Jesus, walking right alongside him, um, and seeking to follow his ways. Being with Jesus, kind of in that saying, a desire to be with Jesus, to be connected with him. So if you still have your Bibles open, um, or your phone's out, we're going to look a little further. We're going to look at verse 9. We're still in chapter 15, looking at verses 9 and 10. It says, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. So, you know, just, just that message again of, of Jesus and God's deep love for each and every one of us. But then also looking at Jesus being a model for our lives. When he was here and on earth, he relied on the Father. He kept the commands of the Father. And we see the fruit that his life produced. His life being given for us as a servant. But also we see we're still talking about Jesus thousands of years later. Him being the model for us in our lives. Now, kind of, kind of, as I, w- I was preparing for this and sitting and reading this verse nine through ten, um, it got me thinking about a challenge in my own life. I, I think that there, there's a challenge for me to believe that what God has for me is truly what is best for me in my life. I've, I've made my own plans for my life. I have my own desires. Um, a pastor at my church back home, he talks about our desires. There, there's four of them that are, that are kind of at the roots of a lot of our sin. A desire for comfort, desire for pleasure, acceptance, and control. So now following Jesus here on earth does not guarantee us any of these things. Comfort, pleasure, acceptance, and control. But putting these at the center of my life is going to lead to destruction in my life. How do I believe that Jesus desires for my life, that Jesus' desire for my life is truly what is best for me? This idea of formation that we talked about, our lives being centered on Jesus, abiding and remaining in his love, all lead to the ways of Jesus. Sorry about the wind. You guys are killing it. try to speak loudly. Um, so this next part, I want you either, if you got a journal, awesome, write it down in there. 
Um, you could do it on the back of your handout that I gave to you, on a note on your phone, whatever it be. Um, I'm going to share kind of some of the ways of Jesus, what Jesus modeled for us. And if you could just write write down the one word or little phrase that is a way of Jesus, um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of look at that here in a minute. And, and I'll highlight which ones to say. I'll kind of explain it, but you don't have to write down the description. Just just the word. Um, so the first one is prayer. To write down prayer. So prayer, taking time out of your day to talk with God, but also listen to what he has to say. So just like any relationship in your life, um, you know, I've, I've heard this question a lot. I've felt this question a lot, but you know, what, what do I pray? Like praying feels uncomfortable to me. I'm not sure how to, how to make this a normal thing. Um, feels like I'm talking to no one kind of thing. And and so I'd say just like any relationship in your life, think of your best friend, someone who you feel so comfortable talking with the first time that you talked with them, it probably wasn't that way. You know, you you probably felt a little uncomfortable. You had to introduce yourself, kind of get a feel for them. Um, And then now when you talk with them, you guys, you could talk for hours. You know, you have so many things you could talk about. You know them so well. You love time with them. Um, this is the same with God, implementing prayer into our lives. So, so first thing in the morning, um, while we're brushing our teeth or taking a shower, um, praying to God, setting a time, setting aside time to do that. Um, one thing also, if, if you're not sure how to start, what to say, Psalms is a great place to start. I'll just go through Psalms. I kind of look at the headings, it talks about anxiety or trusting in God, whatever it may be. And just pray to God through the Psalms. These are prayers that have been modeled for us. And so we can begin there. Crying out to God, crying for help, showing Him our sorrow and our sadness. On the other side, thanking Him. Praying for others, praying for people around us. Um, Great ways to start with prayer. The next one, reading and meditating on the Word. Reading and meditating on the Word. Yeah. On how to listen. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so yeah, kind of, kind of listening. I think, I think this is a practice that takes time for sure. Um, and so listening for me, um, kind of hard to describe, but I think there, there's a, there's a piece of giving, giving some serious time. Listening is, is harder to do kind of throughout your day. I think you can get there, but you know, when there's, when there's commotion going on around you, listening to God can be hard. So I think setting, setting aside time in prayer, um, asking God to speak into a situation, you know, whether it be I'm struggling with this choice, I'm struggling with what to do. And so I also think another way to listen, another way that God will speak is asking others to be praying for you. Um, hey, can you be praying about this? I'm really, really struggling with it. And I'd love to hear, you know, kind of kind of what you think going to God also, bringing someone else invited into that. And so, you know, it's, it's not the listening we think of of a, of a direct voice coming to our head, but maybe God, hey, would you give me a sign? Would you open a door? Would you close it? Um, you know, and sometimes listening is you get to make the decision. <laughs> you know, like he, he's like, either way is great. You get to make this decision and, you know, he, he's going to use it either way. So, sorry, that's not a, not a perfect answer, but listening to God is, is hard and takes time. It's a great, great question. So, so next one, reading and meditating on the word. So, so uh, you know, reading our Bibles, um, meditating on it, what it says. 
So kind of kind of a way that you can start with this is studying a book. You know, ask someone around you, what's a suggestion for a book that I should start with or a book that I should read? Study through a book. Find 10 minutes a day. Kind of when we were talking about the cell phone thing, I think I felt super convicted of, man, I spend a, a lot of time on YouTube or watching TV or what dilly-dallying on social media, whatever it be. Just 10 minutes taken from that is a small sacrifice for us. And so when's 10 minutes, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, middle of my day, that I can spend reading the Word of God, just starting there. Once you start there and that feels easy, pushing it further. Man, I'd love love to spend 20 minutes in the Word today, kind of figuring that out for yourself and in your life. Um, I think think another thing is read with a friend. Um, Do it with a friend. Do it with somebody. Meet with someone once a week. Uh, someone that you trust, a friend of yours, a mentor. Hey, can we read this book together and talk about it? I, I think that really helps me in times of, man, the word of God feels dry or feels hard to, like, I'm not understanding. It's not really connecting. But when you bring someone else into it and see their perspective and you get talking about it, it really can be meaningful, really um, kind of touch your heart. So there's that one. The next one, silence in solitude. So silence and solitude, creating a space of silence and being alone and putting that time aside just for God. So now this one's not going to be an everyday one. It might not even be an every week one. It might look like more like once a month, I'm going to try to get some silence and solitude. Once every three months, I'm really going to give this day to some silence and solitude or this afternoon. Um, but this is this is just creating space kind of for the question that you'd ask of like listening to God, desiring for him to speak, desiring to spend time with him, center myself on him. I'm going to give myself time alone, unplugged, just to be with him. The next one is fasting. So this is the act, the Bible portrays this, this is the act of physically starving our bodies in order to remind ourselves that our true satisfaction comes from God in God alone. It allows us to center ourselves on God and remind us that fulfillment is Him. So you can start with a fast in the morning. Man, I'm going to not eat breakfast and lunch on this day in order to just center myself on Him. Or, or you can start with 24 hours um, of doing that, taking 24 hours and not eating. And, and I just want to caution and warn, this isn't a diet, this isn't a health statement. This is purely to center ourselves on God. And so, and so I do want to put that just um, kind of as a disclaimer, like, man, if, if eating is a struggle for you, I would not recommend starting with this discipline. This is purely to center our lives on God. Next one is Sabbath. Um, so choosing a, once a week a time where you can consistently unplug, rest, and seek healing and restoration in Jesus. So, this one for me, this this is kind of a new one. Um, my wife and I are just just starting to figure it out how to implement it in our lives. We we do college ministry. We're with you guys, college students, all the time. Our lives are crazy. How how can we find the time to just do nothing and seek rest and healing in God? And and so we've kind of figured out our Friday mornings. We just we didn't schedule um, any meetings or anything like that on Friday mornings. We'll we'll sleep in a little bit. We'll wake up. We'll make breakfast together. Just have some time to enjoy time together, and then 
and then we'll we could go on a walk if it's nice out it's a nice day and then we'll separate spend some time with god um, putting our phones away turning them off making sure that we've texted people that we need to text or respond to emails and let people know hey i'm not going to respond until after lunch on friday um and so you know thinking about in your life when's the time where i could do that just a little portion of saturday morning um, a little portion of Friday afternoon, wh- whatever that looks like for your life, just just that starting. The next one is service, the practice of serving people in your life, volunteering your time, helping out at church, helping out in challenge, whatever that may look like. Jesus did this constantly. He was a great example of it. He came to make himself the least of these and be a servant to those around him. So that one was service. The next one is confession. The practice of confession. Confessing your sins and your faults to one another. So think of someone you trust. Who's someone that walks with me in life who I trust with the hard things that I experience? Oh, man. <laughs> Woo! I'm from Kansas and it's windy, but it's not usually this windy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know. You know how it is. So yeah, so that one person that you can rely on, that you can confide in, and, and I'd also encourage you, someone who's going to speak truth into you. Man, I, I'm, I'm, you know, you bring your sin, they're not going to, they're not going to shame you, but they're going to be brokenhearted in your sin with you, but then remind you who you are, remind you who you are in Christ, encourage you. Um, confession is such a great thing, making it a normal part of our life, taking the sin, taking our brokenness, putting it in the light. The enemy so wants us to keep our sin inside. Um, One way you can do this is examine. At the end of your day, journaling about your day. Man, how did my day go? Was I centered on God? Was I thinking of myself? What did my day look like? Doing that before bed is a great way um, of also doing that. So kind of as I lay all these out, I want to just a few things to talk about. First off, this is not a self-help program. This is not steps that it takes to fix your life. Um, Nothing like that. All of these disciplines are a means to an end. They're a way for us to seek a relationship with God. They're not to fix our lives, but a way that we can keep our lives centered on Jesus. What Jesus modeled for us to do with our lives. Be with him, be like him, and do what he did. Letting the gospel be the center. Um, I also want to say, these were seven things, right? A little overwhelming. How can I go from, you know, whether you you do a couple of these or whether you you haven't really implemented any of these. Going from that to all of them is overwhelming and a lot. What does that mean? What does that look like? What do I do? So, So for this next part, I want you to think of one. Look at this list, kind of sit in it. What is one that you feel like you could implement in your own life, just in a starter way, you know, taking 10 minutes out of your day to read your Bible, something along those lines. What's one that you could do? Or even if maybe you already have this implemented in your life, what's one way I could take this a step further? What's one way that I could I could use this just to center myself on God more? And I'd encourage you, maybe there's a couple and you're like, man, I want to do three or four of these. I'd encourage you just stick with one. Just start with one. One at a time. Training it to be a regular part of your life. Um, and then and then one last thing to kind of add before we do our next thing. Don't do it alone. 
if this is your first time doing it, or even if you've been doing it with a while, invite people into it. Share about it with someone. If you're here with a friend of yours that you're going to see later on, invite them into, man, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to do it. Um, bring it to a mentor, challenge staff, um, a close friend of yours who follows Jesus. Um, yeah, so next, choosing one and only one. Um, we're going to take a couple minutes, and I want you to, you can write it down, you can journal, you can just pray, talk with God. Um, what's one of these that you want to implement? And then make a plan. How are you going to do it? What's it going to look like? How's it practically going to look in your life to implement this one thing? So go ahead and take a couple minutes on your own, just thinking on what is one of these, praying to God. Um, so yeah, go ahead and take a couple minutes. All right, so so just with all this, again, kind of kind of a lot to think about and, and you know, a challenge for your life of, man, what can, what can I implement to start centering myself on Jesus? So I'd encourage you, the, the questions that we talked about with each other, you know, we only had a limited amount of time to think um, about some of these things, to really center them on our lives and and especially this last part of man, what's one, and and how can that look? How can that look in my own life? So I'd encourage you spend some time thinking about that. Um, you know, even even um, like how tomorrow can we start? You know, we have time set apart for just some time with God. And so I, I'd encourage you in that and and sharing it, doing it with one another. Um, at the bottom of your handout, you'll see I put some resources on here. So, of course, top resource for following Jesus is your Bible. Um, and then I think one another, too, doing it with one another. Each other is a great resource, walking through it together. Um, but I added some things on here that have been so good for me in this aspect of my life as I'm still so figuring out how to do this, so figuring out, like, how do I walk and, and put Jesus at the center? And so um, I put the Becoming Something podcast with Jonathan Pecluda. Um So, so great. Um, just talks about, man, what are some rhythms in our lives, addressing some big topics in our culture. How do we look at it in a biblical way? Um, next one is Rule of Life with John Mark Comer, who I talked about. So he, he's got a podcast talking about how do we center our lives on Jesus. So he just started it. I think the only one that's on there right now is Sabbath, but it is so, so great bringing in experts and talking about these different disciplines, and they'll slowly have more coming out. The last one is also a podcast. It's pretty fun for me to listen to. They have British accents, so <laughs> I enjoy it. They're a church based out of London. It's called the Pattern Podcast. So uh, it's just they'll bring in different experts for a bunch of different practices. How do you practically implement this in your life? Um, those are so, so great. I apologize on time. Um, we're out of time. I would have loved to have time for questions. On the bottom... I put my name, my phone number, my email, please. Don't hesitate to reach out. I would also love to talk to you anytime tonight, tomorrow. Grab me if you have a question. I'd love to talk with you about it. Um, but I live in Kansas, so if you have a question in two days, no luck. <laughs> but please. What? Nor Friday mornings. Nor, yeah, yeah. Nor Friday mornings. Yeah, don't, don't text me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, I, I'd love for you to reach out if you have any questions or, or want to talk with someone about this. Um, encourage you to talk with staff and, and mentors in your life as well. Um, so I'll go ahead and pray for us, and then we'll head to dinner. Father, thank you for this time, and um, thank you for not blowing us away. And <laughs> we, we appreciate this time. of um, Just pray that throughout this weekend, as, as we continue to hear from Nate and as we continue to 
look at our own lives and our own hearts that our hearts would be open to you and open to what you have to say to us and and that together um as a group through through this ministry and and through uh through community at USC and at San Diego State, that we'd be able to center our lives and our hearts on you, that you would be what's at the center of our lives and that, and that we have the people around us and, and the practices, disciplines in our lives in order to keep us centered on you, that the message of the gospel, um, Jesus, you dying on the cross for us so that we can be um, in eternity with, with you. Um, just pray that that be the way that we live our lives, the way that we think about eternity, um, that, that that challenge us and that these practices bring us closer to you and that we can do that together as a community. Thank you so much for this group of students and just pray that we can have an awesome rest of the evening and some yummy dinner. You're my name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.